Welcome to Inspired by Faith, a program of the Columbus Catholic Women's Conference. This show is to help you to be inspired by our Catholic faith, live out the gospel message, and deepen your relationship with Jesus Christ. I'm Emily Jaminette, and I'm joined for each program in studio with my friend, Michelle Fanley. We hope this show provides you an uplifting 30 minutes to help refresh your soul and strengthen your faith. It was born out of our friendship, and we hope it encourages you to deepen and develop spiritual friendships with your sisters in Christ. Good morning, Emily. Good morning. Here we are, another beautiful day with such an awesome guest that we have lined up. Each I know I say that each time, but this one means a lot to me. And we are so honored that our guest, Teresa Tamia, was one of our speakers, one of our inaugural speakers in our early years of our, our conference days. So it is a real blessing to circle back to uh, that time and um, what an honor it is to have her on the show today. Yes, she's really been such an amazing leader and witness in so many areas, especially her career in broadcasting. So uh, Teresa Tamio is an author. She is a syndicated Catholic talk show host, motivational speaker for over 30 years, television, radio, newspaper. And, you know, she's also done some secular work along with her heavy involvement in Catholic um, media. We're so grateful. She has written over 10 books, and most recently she opened her own um, Italy, a travel company, which is Tease Italy. So I'm sure we'll hear a bit about that and a lot, lot more. So welcome, Teresa, to our podcast here at Inspired by Faith. Oh, you guys are so sweet, and congratulations on all the great work you've done over the years with the amazing Columbus Catholic Women's Conference. Isn't it the largest still in the country, from what I understand? Yes, it is. There you go. <laughs> Kudos. It is a beautiful day, and we are so um, excited that, you know, we had a beautiful conference this year, and we're already planning for next year. So it is going to be another amazing day for all the women in the diocese and beyond. Well, make sure you uh, send me an email. We can uh, help promote it on Catholic Connection, because that's a very, very important event. Absolutely. We would love that. That would be amazing. Well, Teresa, you know, maybe we we, can, we know we can always tune in because we're at St. Gabriel and we love to hear you um, each morning. But could you share with our listeners a little bit more about your own personal faith journey and how you ended up where you are at, at this moment in your life with, with regards to your Catholic faith? Oh, it's crazy. I don't know how much time we have. <laughs> it's not where I expected to be, I can tell you that much. I planned to be in the secular media uh, for my whole life. That was my goal. And uh, the Lord put it on my heart at a very young age that um, I was given the gift of gab and, and decided to go into communications at the very young age of 9 or 10 years old, thanks to the great work of um, the religious sisters and wonderful lay teachers that I had at my, my parish, which is still my home parish today, St. Joan of Arc and the Archdiocese of Detroit. But uh, I had a lot of success. I'm really summarizing this. I had a lot of success very early on. I, I graduated with honors from Central Michigan University with my journalism degree, and off to the races. I should have known that God was in charge when two weeks after I graduated, I met my future husband, and I said I was never going to be married. You know, marriage wasn't for me because I was all about the career. And uh, I should have had an inkling that God was running things and not me, but thanks be to God, I had enough smarts to, to marry uh, Dominic, who's now a deacon, 10 years in the Catholic Church. And you know, we were off to the races. We were both raised Catholic, and, and we were in love, and uh, but we didn't really take our faith very seriously. Jesus wasn't at the center of our marriage. And we had a lot of success, both of us, very quickly. He was moving up in his engineering firm uh, and quickly became one of the vice presidents, and I was moving up in broadcasting. And our careers became the center of our lives, the money, the worldly things, and all of that emphasis on the world without Christ there almost cost us not only our souls uh, but our marriage. And so it was a very um, interesting journey. 
uh, how God just popped back into our lives. Uh, he was always there, but he showed up with an invitation to a Protestant Bible study for my husband from a friend of mine in the, in the secular media who was a wonderful evangelical brother in the Lord. Dominic went to this Bible study, rediscovered the Catholic Church, and that event started to catapult both of us on the way back to the church. It took a while longer for me. I was actually fired from a very uh, big job that I had as an anchor woman in Detroit and had, was forced to look at myself and what I had done. And Dominic, by that time, had come back to the church and was pretty on fire. And so through that process of um, self-examination and reflection, uh, I really kind of said, okay, I have to you know, have God and the church back in my life. And so we went to a, um, a marriage encounter and really started to work on our marriage got back into the secular media, but I was, as I was getting closer to God, and again, I'm summarizing, trying to summarize really quickly for the sake of time, I, I realized that something was missing. And at that time, when I got back on the air, I was at the biggest station in Detroit, the ABC affiliate, which is still a very um, successful news operation. And I thought, this is great. I'm going to convert everybody in the newsroom. Everybody's going to be Catholic. It's going to be awesome. I'm going to cover all these religious stories. And it was okay while it lasted, but it didn't last very long because I felt like a fish out of water, and I could not understand it. I was like, what is going on? Here I am at the epitome of broadcasting in my hometown of Detroit as a live street reporter covering all these big stories, and I just felt like I didn't belong anymore. And so gradually the Lord led me out of the secular media, and I quit in 2000 not knowing what I was going to do because I just couldn't handle it anymore. I just didn't want to be a part of it. A lot of reasons, in, in addition to the stress and the pressure and the bias, there were some other reasons, too. And I just said, okay, Lord, you know, whatever you want me to do, if you want me to stay home, that's fine. But I thanked him for giving me 20 years in the secular media. And I said, okay, you know, I'm yours, whatever you want to do with me. And then a few weeks after saying that prayer, I ended up on a local evangelical station. Unbeknownst to me, the program director at the time, this is how God works behind the scenes, was converting to Catholicism. That was the same station where Al Cresta worked before he came back to the church and started Catholic Radio. Two years after that, Al Cresta and Mike Jones, whom I both knew through through the Catholic Church, said, hey, T, we want to start a morning show, and we hear you on this particular station, WMUZ, which is still a big station here in Detroit. We'd love to have you do Catholic Connection. And this year, believe it or not, ladies, in December, it'll be 20 years of Catholic Connection on the air and 15 years syndicated on wonderful stations like St. Gabriel Radio. So that's my story. I'm sticking to it. That's like a five-minute version of my life's conversion story. <laughs> really condensed. That is amazing and beautiful. And I love, you know, sometimes you forget, you, you know, we hear you on the radio, you know, all the time, but you forget these great, beautiful conversion stories and how it's such an inspiration to, you know, you sacrificed what could be a very lucrative and, you know, pleasure of the world type of career and just what the grace is um, that you are able to share with the world now by, by saying this simple yes to, to doing God's work. Yeah, well, I, I have to admit that toward the end um, of, of my career in, in the secular media, I was pretty miserable, even though I didn't want to admit it. I didn't know anything else. And, and, and oftentimes the devil that you know um, is better than the devil, or you think is better than the devil you don't know. And I was thinking, what else could I possibly do? I've done, you know, I was on the air since I was 14 years old. We had a little radio station at my high school in suburban Detroit. And I didn't know how to do anything else, or so I thought. I never even thought of being a talk show host because I was such a diehard news person. But then the opportunities came along, and I realized that all that experience that God gave me in doing live street reporting, anchoring, radio, TV, it was preparing me for what I'm doing now. I don't think I could do what I do every day, two hours a day, covering everything under the sun, if God hadn't given me 20 years in the trenches. And you think that you're doing this because this is what you want and my plans, and you're checking off the box, but God's using it. You know, Romans 8:28, all things work together for good. He's using it for something different. 
Ah, that's really inspiring because I think a lot of times people think, you know, when they're in a stage in their career, like, oh, I should just, you know, quit everything and go be a worker in the vineyard. But maybe there's that that discernment, which is so important that we properly discern. We listen to the voice of God and we really make sure that our will is united with his will. And with that, Teresa, you know, you have a book that kind of ties that in. You have 10 books, so you have many books that tie it in. But I'm thinking about um, Listening for God, Discovering the Incredible Ways God Speaks to Us, published by Sophia Press, because that book um, touches on these God instances where he speaks and the importance of silence. I loved your chapter on silence because you do have the gift of gab. So if you're even silent, maybe we all need to have a little more silence. <laughs> <laughs> and I would say that I need to be silent more often. Just ask my husband. You know, at night when we're going to bed, I'm still talking and he's like, okay, hon, dial it down. Time to go to bed. <laughs> but but you no, know, I, I think it's, it's so important and it is a process. And I'm glad that you mentioned that some people think, well, maybe I just have to leave everything and, and jump into the video. That may be true. But God is not going to put you in a situation where, for example, you have to abandon your family. You, God recognizes, obviously, the sacrament of marriage and those commitments. So God is going to allow you to use the gifts and talents that he gave you, but to apply it to ministry in a way that's specifically designed for you. It just takes time to figure that out. Like the process that I went through, and I talk about this in Listening for God, the process I went through, there were signs along the way where I was, I was always trying to listen to God, even though sometimes I talk too much in my prayer, don't let him talk to me. But I was always trying to say, okay, Lord, what's the next step? What are you trying to show me? And there were some very specific, pivotal points when I was still working in the second media where God, I felt God was really telling me, okay, you have to leave. And, and I rejected it because I didn't know anything else, as I said earlier. But finally I realized, okay, God's obviously planning on doing something else in my life. And I said, you know what? You saved my marriage, you saved my soul, whatever you want me to do. And then when I said yes like that, that's when he works, he can really work in your life. Because he, he's not going to barge in. I was talking about that on the air just recently with Julian Greg Alexander about that beautiful image that we have from Revelation, I think it's 320, where Jesus stands on the door and knocks. But the, that painting doesn't have a doorknob because we have to open it from the inside. God's, and welcome him into our heart and our life. God's not going to barge in and say, you're doing this. God has a plan but he wants to work out our salvation with us in terms of understanding what that plan is, because that's the only way we're going to have true happiness. So the book speaks to that, and it's not only my stories of Godcidences, but so many people that may be familiar to our listeners. Al Cresta has a really cool story in there about how he got back into music. It's a second love of his. Steve Ray talks about how he started his video series in the Footprints of God with Ignatius Press and what happened, how God spoke to him in a dream. Joan Lewis talks about how God had a different plan for her life. She thought she was going to be married, have a family, and she ends up um, a wonderful, you know, dedicated journalist living and having a whole different type of family in Rome. So there's all these really cool stories, and there's a lot of uh, my friends that may not be so well known to, to the community. I, they're known here in the Archdiocese of Detroit, but just great stories of the way God speaks in good times and in bad and how he's always directing us closer to him. I, I, I'm so proud of that book, and I'm so proud of the people who contributed to it. Well, thank you for sharing that. I love God incident stories. Like those are so inspiring too, because I think sometimes we we miss those in our right our day. We we don't see God's hand in in our lives. We just think that it's a coincidence type thing. But to mm-hmm. see 
God working and then the fruit of that and how it weaves into our life. It's it's really amazing. You know, I love, Teresa, you've done a lot of work for women. You're involved with women in the new evangelization. And for young girls, um, I actually pulled off my shelf your All Things Girl book. Um, so tell us a little bit about your work for women and, and any um, message for women, because I think you do that so beautifully just to share the beauty of our femininity and our dignity and our worth. Right. Well, I'm proud to say, as you mentioned, very involved. I'm the chairman of the board, or as, as I like to say in, in, uh, in uh, channeling my mother, Rosie Posey, the chairman of the board in her Jersey accent. Uh, wine is Women in the New Evangelization, CatholicVineyard.com. And, and Kelly and I actually met in Cincinnati years ago. We've been following each other. Kelly Walkless is a foundress, another great speaker. She's just wonderful, dear friend of mine. Just got off the phone with her a few minutes ago. Uh, she was speaking at the Cincinnati Women's Conference a few years ago, and that's where we first met. We've been following each other on the speaking circuit, and we call each other now Laverne and Shirley. You know, she's Laverne, I'm Shirley. She's the tall blonde, I'm the short uh, brunette. But we became instant friends, and she was telling me about the ministry that she was doing with women, and I thought, wow, this is exactly what's needed. It's, it's a beautiful organization that brings together all types of different ministries for women within the church. It's kind of an umbrella organization, and they promote the groups. They offer book studies, book clubs, and different gatherings and, and retreats, and it's all about supporting women to help evangelize within the church. And, and not only that, but what's important to me about this is it helps us help other women understand their true dignity. There is so much confusion. There is so much attack out there right now, especially with this administration, which is just abortion crazy. It's just insane what's going on. And women are being lied to. I was talking on the air uh, today on my show about how so many people are now, the, the administration is clarifying, oh, gee, I guess that emergency pregnancy situations are still taken care of under the law after they've done this whole fear-mongering thing through the media. And so I really feel a responsibility because I feel I was part of the problem when I was in the secondary media of really repeating a lot of the lies about women, about abortion, about contraception, about sexuality, and women need to know who they are, made in the image and likeness of God, and how beautiful God sees them, and how Jesus is and was the greatest woman's liberty that ever walked the earth. And I'm so sick and tired of the way our faith is misrepresented, the attacks on women, and, and even the liberal Bette Midler had a moment of lucidity recently where she actually said women are under attack through this whole transgender ideology. Uh, and, and she got attacked for it within um, the community that, that she supports a great deal. So I feel a huge responsibility for correcting a lot of the media mistakes, and that's why I'm, I'm really, really dedicated on my show and in my work and my speaking and why I support beautiful conferences like the Columbus Women's Conference, because it's, it's huge. It, it is, you know, the, the hand that rocks the cradle uh, moves the world. It's so, so true. Well, what I really enjoy, too, is that you live a balanced life, Teresa. You share a lot with us about, you know, being a forefront leader and, and all that you do, but you also step away. And I, we love, I love to follow you on social media to see you traveling with your husband, investing in your marriage, doing these diaconate retreats together, helping couples, you know, that you also include um, your husband. I think that's really admirable. So maybe share just, you know, briefly on that piece of the husband-wife relationship and and how you can work together. And you're probably much more, as you mentioned, uh, beyond your wildest dreams, you've experienced the joy of the gospel in, in doing that together. Yeah, it's pretty incredible because you know, Pope Benedict said, Pope um, Benedict Emeritus said that we sometimes tend to see God and the Ten Commandments as a big no when it's just the opposite. It's a big yes to love and to life. God wants us to be happy. John 10.10 10 talks about the abundant life, and he's not just talking about, uh, our Lord is not just talking about heaven. 
He wants us to be happy. Now, in this world, we all will have trouble, as he says, because we're in a fallen world and, and we have sin. But it doesn't mean we have to walk around in sackcloth and ashes and, and not you know, enjoy life to have true joy. And true joy comes not in your particular circumstances, but in that relationship with God and understanding the big picture. And it's so joyful for me to be able to travel with Deacon Dom and to do talks with him and to do diaconate retreats, because being a deacon's wife is a whole new experience for me. And quite frankly, ladies, I love the fact that he is the center of attention at the parish when he reads the gospel, when he gives a homily. And I get to sit back and look at what the Lord has done in his life, because I've always been the one to get the, you know, the lion's share of the attention. So that song, Wind Beneath My Wings, means an awful lot to me. And so, yeah, we love doing retreats together. We've got a big diaconate retreat that we're doing in Indiana at the end of September. Uh, we've done retreats for dioceses in Green Bay, Wisconsin, and, and other areas um, down south in the Carolinas. And, and we just love it. We love journeying with the deacon couples, especially couples who are in formation, because it's very, very important. You can't move forward in the diaconate. Um, without the wife's support because of the relationship and because of the impact, obviously, that being a deacon and, and an ordained religious has on the family. So that's a beautiful ministry. I think one of the things we love most, though, is, is showing people our Italy because we're both 100% Italian. And to me, the reason I started, you mentioned this earlier in the introduction, Tease Italy, uh, which is uh, TravelItalyExpert.com, is because everything I try to do is in some way, shape, or form expressing, as you mentioned, balance in life, but also it's a form of evangelization because God's earth is so beautiful, and he wants us to enjoy it. He wants us to embrace it. And so Italy is just a great place to see God's creativity, God showing off. I mean, we were just uh, in Italy, as we were talking about before the break, for a combination pilgrimage and then vacation, and we were driving around with our friends, and we were up north. We were in Lake Como, and then we were in the Piemonte region. We were on the coast for Cinque Terre, and almost every day, three or four times a day, thank you, God, thank you, God, thank you, Jesus, for your beauty. And to have fun, it's okay to have fun, right? Obviously, in moderation, I'm not talking about going to a bar and standing on a table with a lampshade over your head, but to enjoy wine, to go to a wine tasting, to do the Tarantella in the middle of the restaurant, which I had the pilgrims with Steve Ray, 60 people, I got them up doing the Tarantella in the middle of the restaurant, I got a waiter to sing for us. That is the joy of life, and Italy just exudes all of that. It's like God. God on steroids saying, looky what I can do. And so I love showing people the beauty of Italy. And sometimes people come on pilgrimage, and they may come with a spouse or a friend. Like we had a woman that came with us back in March for a Saints and Shrines tour with Steve Ray. She brought her sister, and her sister was a fallen away Catholic, lovely, lovely sister, lovely, beautiful uh, woman. And, but she admitted that, you know, I haven't been to church in years, and she was asking her sister, do I have to go to Mass? And the sister said, no, you don't have to, but you know, you're welcome. And I told her, I said, you don't have to come. You can, you know, stay back or, you know, go shopping, whatever you want to do. She came to every single daily Mass. She was riveted by the talks. She was drawn to the beauty. She's an artist, and so she was drawn to the religious art. And at the end of the trip, she told me personally, she says, I've never been exposed to the beauty of God in the Catholic faith like I was on this trip. So to me... Doing what I do with Tease Italy is a whole other area of evangelization where somebody may be thinking, oh, I'm going to go along because I want to see Italy, because who doesn't want to see Italy? Even if you're not religious, most people want to stand in line and see the Pieta or the Baldacchino, or they want to see the David and Florence. And that something happens, and you just let it be, just let them look at the beauty and the creativity of God, and that's evangelization. And that's one of the reasons I, I, I go to Italy so often, because it feeds my soul, and I know it feeds other souls as well. 
Yes, I know. I just got back as well from Italy and it's such a beautiful country and so many beautiful graces of, you know, all the things that you experience there and see. And just sometimes you just look up at a ceiling in a church and you're so inspired by, you know, the life of that saint or whatever this, everywhere you look, there is beauty and truth and goodness. And it's amazing. Now, I read that your um, chores often do um, Eucharistic miracles. So can you tell our listeners, some people don't even know that we have these in the church. So what oh are the Eucharistic mi- miracles and where do you see in Italy? Well, Italy is incredible for Eucharistic miracles and we're actually going to be uh, seeing one of them when we go on my uh, new pilgrimage, my first premier Tease Italy pilgrimage. I've been working with other groups and whatnot, but this is my premier Tease Italy pilgrimage that Deacon Domini designs coming up in November. It's called the Doce Fide, the Sweet Life of Faith. And we're going to be in Orvieto for three nights. Orvieto is this stunningly beautiful uh, Etruscan town on a hill about an hour and a half north of Rome, but it also houses one of the most important Eucharistic miracles, um, which is based on Corpus Christi, the body of Christ, which is celebrated, obviously, we just celebrated in the month of June, uh, in the Sacred Heart as well. But we're looking at, at this Eucharistic miracle, and you're in Orvieto, and it's the story of a priest who was traveling on pilgrimage uh, many centuries ago. He was a priest from Prague. And he was celebrating Mass at St. Christina's in nearby Balsena. Lake Balsena is south blue, but southwest of Orvieto is a beautiful lake and a beautiful church there. And he had doubts about the real presence. Well, during the Mass, during the consecration, the host bled on the corporal or altar cloth. And he took that cloth to the Pope who was then residing in, or- in Orvieto. An examination was done, and that's where it's now housed. So that's one Eucharistic miracle. There's also another major one in Lanciano on the other side of the country, uh, which is amazing because you can actually literally walk into this little church in Lanciano, and you can walk right up to the miracle that is housed in the Monstrance. And this is where um, the actual heart muscle, the Eucharist turned into heart muscle, and also blood, and the blood is coagulated, and you can actually see it. And down below, there is actually a museum that describes the testing that took place. And the uh, the heart and the blood were brought to experts all across Italy who had no idea what they were examining. They thought they were just examining body parts, right? And they determined that it was alive and that it was from someone who was suffering great stress, extreme stress, to the point of bodily torture, they mentioned this, and they also talked about the connection between that blood and the blood of the Shroud of Turin. So those are just two examples of Eucharistic miracles. There's also one in the city of Siena in Tuscany. And so Italy is a great place to really talk about all things God and all things Church and all things, you know, uh, the true, the beautiful, and the good, as it says in the Catechism. But the Eucharistic miracles abound, and we're going to see one of them in November. Wow. We have just covered so much. It's so great to talk to Teresa because you can go everything from your most recent book to Catholic Connection to really your conversion story and now this new chapter in your life as you're you're traveling. So as a mom of seven, Teresa, I don't get to go too many places, the grocery store, Catholic radio, (laughs) my ministry office. So Italy is is now, uh, tis the season. Every, you know, every season is important, but, you know, share with our listeners, you know, how can, I know they can listen to you on Catholic Connection, but how can they connect on some of these really important um, aspects of what you talked about today? Well, I just think you can follow me, as you mentioned, on social media. It's facebook.com slash Mrs. Teresa Tamio. I'm on Twitter and also my my website, which is uh, teresatamio.com and also travelitalyexpert.com. 
Uh, and I'm, I'm all about evangelization. I like to use the social media for posts. I just sent out a new e-blast on the pilgrimage, which is filling up. We have 21 people already, and that's on my events page. It's coming up in November. We're going to be in Orvieto, Assisi, Viterbo, which is a town of the first conclave. We're also going to be seeing where St. Francis started the first crash in Greccio. So it's all on my on my Facebook page and also on my website. And I, I'm involved in the Catholic View for Women on Sunday nights and, of course, Catholic Connection on St. Gabriel Radio every morning from 9 to 10. Uh, I just hope people will, will tune in. I'm, I'm really trying to keep people up to date and informed. And I went all Italian Jersey on, on, on the show this morning talking about the secular media. Again, sometimes I just I just explode. If I, if I didn't have a radio show, I would just explode massively. But, yeah, best place, again, Facebook.com slash Mrs. Teresa Tamio or Teresa Tamio. Thank you so much, Teresa. It was a delight speaking with you today. Thank you, guys. And God bless you and uh, St. Gabriel Radio and all my friends in Columbus. And please keep me posted on the Women's Conference. I'm happy to help you get the word out. Awesome. We will for sure. Thank God you. Bless. Ciao. Arrivederci. Arrivederci. Oh. Bye. Bye-bye. What a great soul. I know it is hard. You like think back. That was such, I feel like such a long time ago when we had her here in Columbus, but it was such a delightful. I remember when she came and just really shared her witness. And back then we were at the Laoshi building. 2011. Back back in the the day. It was, I think that was the first year we broadcast the conference on St. Gabriel radio. That was at least, I think it was maybe just recorded and played later. And, but um, it was that we had that it was a big year for us. That's awesome. Well, what I think is fun too, Michelle, is that you brought your book in studio today with your from your trip to Italy your your photo album so I think and you know remembering these memories holding them close to our hearts and you know it's yeah, sometimes God you know puts these little opportunities in our lives and you know we have to we have to like hear that that call and, and jump on it and and it was one of those you know when you do trips like you know we've talked about pilgrimage before is is praying beforehand and preparing um, because there's so many beautiful things you can see when you're on a trip. You know, you can see, like you said, you can go on a secular trip to Italy, but you can also, you know, you might wander just into, we just happened to wander into St. Ignatius Church in Rome and I had no idea about this gorgeous ceiling, you know, and that was one of like the highlights of my trip, seeing this beautiful painting that was this whole entire life. So all these little gifts from from God when we we travel anywhere there's the opportunity for a growth in our faith. I love that God instances and being able to grow closer to the Lord and you know and even right here in our own hometown our own place you know there's new churches to visit all the time there's grottos you know there's opportunities to grow closer to the Lord. Well, I picked a closing prayer today, Michelle, from Cardinal John Henry Newman, who lived from 1801 to 1890. And I just thought it kind of summarized how I was feeling about God instances and the opportunities. So let us close in prayer. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. May he support us in all day long till the shadows lengthen and the evening comes and the busy world is hushed, and the fever of life is over, and our work is done. Then in his mercy, may he give us safe lodging and a holy rest and peace at the last. Amen. 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 Father, Son, Holy Spirit, amen. Thank you for joining us today on Inspired by Faith. We hope you are blessed and inspired by this episode. To find out more about the Columbus Catholic Women's Conference, visit columbuscatholicwomen.com. And to hear more about our work, please check out inspirethefaith.com.